Marble tile in a collar bidet, boss. He was a habitual wisecracker, but worth the trouble, as he and his son Livan could be trusted to sail just about anything from Punto A to Punto B, even three old shrimp boats. Hector was half Mosquito Indian, and in Matthew's book the Mosquitoes were the greatest fishermen on earth. For centuries their tribe had fished the Caribbean along Nicaragua's Mosquito Coast. Tall and lean, the Mosquitoes were natural divers, and in his prime Hector had been a top lobster diver. His skills were legendary, like the story of the time he and Matthew got lost in a blinding storm at sea. Hector promptly jumped off the boat and dived down thirty-five feet for a good look around the reef. In a matter of minutes he popped back up and told Matthew to turn the boat around and hold the course steady for about three hours. They sailed into port two hours and forty-five minutes later. Only then did Matthew fully appreciate the way the mosquitoes knew their ocean, top and bottom, like their own backyard. Matthew smiled and shouted back, joking, You're worthless, you know that? That's why I work for you, boss. Matthew snarled, but it was just a game they played. In truth, he envied Hector. Fishing had been a long tradition in the Diaz family, passed on from father to son for generations of mosquitoes. Matthew had a son, too, but not the same bond that Hector and Ivan shared. The sun was gone, the orange and purple afterglow fading. All along the rim of the bay, city lights emerged as twilight turned to darkness. Cartagena was coming to life. The parties would soon begin in earnest. The first time Matthew had visited the city, he'd ended up playing the accordion in some bar that boasted authentic vallenato music of the local Costeño people. He couldn't vouch for the music, but the 150 rum had delivered, as promised. That was twenty years ago. Cartagena had changed much since then. He'd changed, too. Coke instead of beer and rum, and his bladder wasn't what it used to be. Just one stinking soda, and already he had to break the proverbial pea-seal. He started below decks, then stopped, startled by the shouting up top, Manos arriba! Hands up. It had come from the Nina two boats away. Matthew climbed two rungs of the bridge ladder, just high enough to see over the clutter of the deck of the middle boat. Hector and Livan were face to face with five men with guns. On impulse, Matthew dived for cover behind a huge pile of shrimp nets. From there he could see three of his crew members on the Pinta standing on deck with their hands over their heads. The fourth was crouched down in the bridge, hiding, as yet unspotted by the gorillas. He caught Matthew's eye and silently mouthed the word, Guerrilleros. Matthew's heart pounded. For all his travels, he'd never actually laid eyes on armed guerrillas before. All wore ski masks, high leather army boots, and black leather gloves. Their green combat fatigues and bright red armbands were typical uniforms. One wore a cowboy hat that was flipped up on one side, Australian style, and a grenade attached to his belt. Matthew had heard that these bands of rebels were brazen enough to dress as the guerrillas that they were, never blending into the crowd with disguises, thriving on the publicity their group garnered from their very public crimes. They'd probably been watching the boats for hours, waiting for darkness so that they could pull up in silence and take the busy crew by surprise. That was the problem with noisy generators after sunset. If the crew was focused on work, an aircraft carrier could pull alongside them and no one would notice. From his hiding spot and with the generator off, Matthew was close enough to hear Hector arguing with the men in Spanish two boats away. Where's the American? 
No American here, said Hector. We know he's here. You must have the wrong boats. Who's that? Matthew peered out from behind the nets. The guy doing the talking, the one wearing the hat, had focused on Livan. Julio Iglesias, said Hector. You think this is a joke? You know one boy, he's Nicaraguan, not American. I said, who is he? My son. The gorilla delivered a quick blow with the butt of his rifle. Liban's head jerked back, and then he stumbled backward and fell to the deck, his face bloodied. Hector rushed to him. Liban! The gorilla stood over them, his tone louder and more threatening. Once more, where is the American? You broke his nose, and with the next shot I kill him. Where is the American? Matthew had to do something, but what? Five men with automatic weapons, and he was unarmed. Just then he caught sight of one of his workers on the Pinta, the one the guerrillas had not yet accounted for. He was crawling toward the rail, armed with a shotgun that was kept aboard for emergencies. Quietly he took aim.